on this wonderful chapter on forgiveness, um, which is also a chapter on um, working with our aggression. Uh, aggression is one of the, we call the three clashes, uh, ignorance, desire, and aversion. So it's pretty central. Aggression is a central uh, obstacle, one of the three. Um, and there are various practices on working with aggression. A lot of beneficial, helpful practices, which the author has has talked about. A central practice uh, to working with not just aversion, but all of the afflictions, um, senses of worthlessness, not being recognized, jealousy, fear, shame, grasping of all, all kinds is, well, there's a sutra called the Perfect Enlightenment Sutra and Samantabhadra is this, this great, great God of Samantabhadra says, if I can abide in awareness, even if all three worlds are shaken, I will remain fearless. So this you know, rather ungraspable um, concept of awareness is, is really central. It's the medicine that cures all ills in Buddhism, abiding in awareness. In the West, we were blessed because we, in, in a certain way, in a lot of ways, we're not so blessed. But in a, in a certain way, we're blessed because we have these uh, amazing cognitive minds that can understand the concept of emptiness, um, which is very hard for, for more primitive or other societies to grasp. Um, but science tells us pretty clearly um, we're empty. We're all part, we're made up of atoms. Atoms are particles, particles that are made up of 99.9% .9 space. But the particles that we're made up of cannot be actually seen cannot be seen on a micro in, a, in the most powerful microscope they move so fast and they're all all space that's who we are and more recent science has said that it's um waves not atomic particles but waves which is even sounds even more graspable i don't know much about science but there's something about that that we can understand So 
when the Buddha talks about emptiness, we can have some some sense that yeah, that's that's true. I'm going to read something else. This is from the Nirvana Sutra, and and this is about uh, emptiness and about awareness. And I, I don't know if this is so helpful, but I'll try it out anyhow. There is, O monks, an unborn, unoriginated, uncreated, unformed. Were there not, O monks, this unborn, unoriginated, uncreated, unformed, there would be no escape from this world of the born, of these conditions that come up in us. There'd be no escape from pride, jealousy, shame, fear, anger, aversion, desire. There'd be no escape if there weren't this unborn, this emptiness, this awareness, this openness. Since amongst there is an unborn, unoriginated, uncreated, and unformed, therefore there is an escape from the born, originated, created, formed. So this is kind of like what the author's advice was in the chapter on afflictions. To just rest in awareness and allow the afflictions or the conditions of any kind to just be there. Allow them to arise like waves in this ocean, this great ocean of being, of awareness, and be with them and let them be as long as they want to churn away, churn away, and then let them dissolve back into this awareness. So this is kind of cognitive. It, it's kind of intellectual and uh, and 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 maybe can uh, not be so helpful because it doesn't include our heart so it's kind of dry maybe so um I'm going to suggest that we allow them to arise. We allow uh, aversion to arise. We allow um, whoever we are not forgiving to arise. We, we can allow how we don't forgive ourselves to arise. I'm not enough. I'm I can't, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a good spiritual practitioner. My mind's always going, going, going. I, I can't do this. Um, I'm insufficient in so many ways. Nobody likes me. I'm alone. I'm not recognized. My life has no meaning, those kinds of things to let them arise 
these conditions and hold them. Just hold them in uh, the energy that's there with a kind of a kindness, a warmth. So let's just try this um, a little bit in meditation. So we could take a uh, loosely upright posture. And relax into the body. Be aware of the body. And I'm going to focus more on forgiving ourselves. So, can um, contemplate these lines for all the ways that I have harmed myself, either knowingly or unknowingly, through ignorance and confusion. I heal those wounds with forgiveness. This ignorance, this confusion, that I actually am a self. So knowing this is ignorance, this is confusion, can help a little bit as a background. but not getting rid of it, not being in conflict with it. Just allowing, allowing whatever affliction is happening to happen. And if there isn't one, that's fine too. Just be aware of space. Holding whatever's condition is arising 
You're welcome here. With kindness, with acceptance, without judgment. Even holding our judgments. I understand. This is your conditioning. Holding it in this open, warm knowing. This delusion, this confusion, it's not my fault. This is my conditioning, this ignorance is part of the human condition and allowing it to be felt completely. Allowing thoughts to come and go. Allowing feelings to stay as long as they want, but not holding on to them and not rejecting them, just letting them be. And this consciousness that is unborn, unoriginated, unconditioned, empty, holding and love and kindness. all the conditions that arise. Letting them all be. And now just relaxing. Don't make any effort at all. Just be almost like you're not even meditating. Just this instant in time.
Okay, thank you. So, so let's break up into small groups and Michael, can you unmute or David? Sorry. Me? Hi. Okay, I'm unmuted. Okay, so I, what I was saying um, to myself, evidently, because <laughs> nobody heard me, is uh, I'm hope I'm hope you had good talks. I hope you all had very good talks and you were, enjoyed each other and uh, benefited from each other's wisdom. Um, so, what'd you talk about? <laughs> Oh, I can say a few words, I guess, um, from our little group. We had a wonderful, wonderful time, uh, Lynn and Jeannie and I. And uh, we first of all explored the whole idea of faith. And the concept that came out of that was the value of experiential validation. Uh, that when we when we experience the benefits of faith, then it, it validates it and it makes it easier. Uh, and even referencing things like, you know, the eightfold path, you have to kind of take on a little blind faith to begin with to engage the practice. But once you engage the practice, it almost comes back to you and returns the favor. And then on, from then on, you become, you know, convinced that the experience is the truth and and, and it's something to have faith in. So it's almost like building faith through experience. I think that was the, the general tenet of, of that conversation. Uh, just one other thing I'll mention. We talked about forgiveness and self-forgiveness and the difficulty with that. Um, a couple of us were parents and we talked about our children in relation to forgiving ourselves for not being the perfect parents for our children and um, how difficult that can be at times. But one of the th couple of things that help, one is coming into the present with it. Like every time you engage with your, with your adult children, particularly it's a new moment. So you don't have to bring the past into the, into the relationship or the conversation. Um, that was one way around that. And also, Forgiving yourself for being the imperfect parent, given that we had imperfect parents and they had imperfect parents before that. And it's just nowadays with therapy, it's become a little more evident <laughs> how, how much shortcoming, how many, what our shortfalls are. Uh, and then we also talked about being in the present. Oh, yeah, being in the present. And the other piece was, um, setting boundaries, like in relationships with, with, uh, with folks, even though there's, for, you know, uh, self-forgiveness, part of self-forgiveness might also include setting boundaries where you don't want to set up a repeat of, of, uh, of things that will bring that back into focus. So that's, that's, my, that's the general gist of, I think, what we said. It was great, great conversation. And Jeannie and Lynn, add anything you want to that, please.
well, we had a great conversation too, or at least I think we did it. And it, it we kind of, we stayed focused on the chapter. Um, I think all four of us really enjoyed this chapter. So we basically um, talked about that. I think um, uh, it, some of the, uh, focus was on letting go and aversion. And uh, one particular quote was the sentence that said, blind and robotic mind when experience is not what we want, what we wish. Um, and it, it, so our conversation kind of touched on all different aspects, forgiveness and how hard forgiveness can be. Uh, And, um, but in the, but I think in general, it was very upbeat conversation. Everybody um, really enjoyed the discussion and um, enjoyed working with the chapter. Somebody else? I, um, our group was just a very, uh, very sweet, very heartfelt sharing of um, both uh, challenging, uh, challenging situations um, that one wants to either fix or feel a self-forgiveness that you can't fix or can't change. Um, and, um, and remarking that the um, D- David, your meditation on holding um, holding things in awareness with kindness seemed to relax around the need to fix, you know, and that it you know maybe more trusting that things would resolve, or you know, or whatever ease with that being held. With a with kindness and a little spaciousness around both the situation and oneself and one's own response to uh, life's challenges and our memories that situations that are difficult. So I think that was sort of the gist of how to hold this within practice and, and self compassion. You know, it's a very beautiful sharing. So thank you, thank you, Christine and Tricia. Else? Well, ours was that we had a really lively conversation and um, we all thought the chapter was really terrific. It kind of seemed that it was helping us understand f- how forgiveness works. And we all really liked the prayer at the end. It was so gentle and helpful and uh, we talked about how we've seen this, um, uh, how helpful looking at um, forgiveness in the way that she outlined was very helpful in our own personal experiences and some of our intimate family uh, experiences. And um, uh, I think it, we've, most of all, it was just very useful um, to our, to us, uh, I think uh, we were saying is that it was very relevant to our life. 
Anybody else? Me? <laughs> I don't. Um, so our group was was wonderful. Um, people had faith in uh, in awareness. They all did. Um, and uh, in practice, that uh, if you just kept practicing, good things are going to happen. <laughs> And um, and people seem to be willing to let go, uh, to let go of conflicts, um, to leave them by the side of the road. Seem to be willing that 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 prompt. Are you really willing to let go of these conflicts? Um, do you really want to be peaceful? So I don't know if I believe everybody, but they said they were. <laughs> Except one person who's very honest. She's not so sure. That's great. Um, and there was another one that I can't remember because I'm seven. I'm going to be 78 in December. So just can't remember. Okay, so let's have lunch or not lunch. Let's have a little break and then hear the wise and beautiful words of our dear Fiona and get together again. Okay, so let's see. Uh, time is, what time is it? It's uh, 12.04. So how about 12.15? Can you all, if I say 12.15, then that's going to mean 12.20 to some of you, I think. Let's try to make it 12.15. Stay joined to the meeting. If you leave yeah. the meeting, you won't be in the same group when you get back. I was just surprised that the right glasses make all the difference. <laughs> I can actually see people. I think you could go ahead if you want, Fiona. I um, was years ago um, in a very difficult situation. It was back in the early 90s, a very stressful time in my life. Um, at both at home and at work, um, I I took up primarily meta practice for about a year and a half. That was it. Um, and um, and it was the classic meta uh, as it was taught to the Vipassana community, you know, of repeated phrases, and um, found it very very helpful. Uh, helpful 
both as a softening heart practice and um, as a concentration practice too. But what, of course, was very challenging was the difficult person. And um, trying to forgive, wish well for 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 people in situations that I was finding it very challenging. And um, so what happened, it was clear that cultivating metta for myself was the kindest thing, was a kindness. And that the difficult people, they, um, that all softened. They, they, And and over time and metta for myself, it was clear that harboring whatever level of aversion or um, resentment or whatever was so much suffering and self-pain. So there was a kindness of the forgiveness happened through self-kindness, through self-practice of really accepting that by not forgiving was this deep suffering for myself. And um, it couldn't be manufactured. It had to just grow on its own and resolve and soften through uh, softening my own heart. And um, in retrospect, I can look back at, at seeing what happened in, in that sense of, of self, you know, what is, may I be happy, is that it became uh, very true to be able to wish happiness for those difficult people. But I couldn't make it happen. It just grew through the practice. And, um, and the author talks about this caricature in our minds that we can hold of the situation or the people who are the perpetrators of our source of suffering. And um, that it's only a snapshot. It's our memory. It's our, it's that moment in time. It's that event that, that these, like us, these persons are much more. This situation is much bigger than my memory and as it's holding that event, that relationship is in my mind. And so the author talks about this release of our mind, of holding on to that memory, that emotion that triggers. Um, And that that also is not to be a good practitioner, but to be a loving towards ourself. That release is, is loving this one and releasing the contraction around the suffering of holding on to resentments or angers or difficult memories. My son asked me, um, I had a difficult a loving but a difficult family in that there was some um, alcohol abuse with one of the parent, my parents. 
And my son asked me, you know, after my father died, you know, he sort of asked me, like, how do you feel? And um, I remember with such great gratitude that I, the memories, all that has been left is love. Um, thankfully, the memories of all that difficulty around um, substance abuse and is gone. And I can only thank the practice um, that it has allowed that to just fade away. And uh, so I share that because I just feel so grateful that uh, the practice has allowed this great healing on its own. It, it wasn't something I manufactured or I did. And I would like to just share that as a potential path of of moving into forgiveness is maybe cultivating uh, metta towards ourselves, you know, to, to release from our own suffering around situations. Um, and looking at these are memories. This is a thought. This is a thought that's 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 bringing up an emotion, an old pain, but it is just a thought. It is just a memory. I think the other thing I have had learned and just would like to share is that when she talks about this caricature of this in our mind, the person is so much more than that moment, that interchange, that memory. Um, so, and um, I loved that she shared at the last part that beautiful uh, practice of forgiveness. Um, I had learned it differently at Spirit Rock several years ago. Um, and it was uh, for all the ways that I have harmed another in any way, what I learned was either knowingly or unknowingly, I ask for forgiveness. And I love that she has added, for all the ways that I have harmed another in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through ignorance and confusion, I ask for forgiveness. For anyone who has harmed me in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through ignorance and confusion, I offer my forgiveness. For all the ways that I have harmed myself, either knowingly or unknowingly, through ignorance and confusion, I heal these wounds with forgiveness. I think what this opened to me, both knowingly and unknowingly, but also this sense of through ignorance and confusion, people do things because they think it's going to make them happy or safe. And through ignorance and confusion, cause harm. And so to sort of hold that, you know, that's like this leveling through ignorance and confusion, maybe not through meanness, <laughs> maybe just to hold it at that level. 
of not knowing. Um, anyway, I, uh, that's what I wanted to share. And uh, that also, I was present as my mother was dying and as my husband was dying, both of them expressing spontaneously forgiveness for their parents. <laughs> uh, and that um, when, when the author talks about this happens often during the dying process and invites us to really explore this now. You know, we, we have the opportunity. How, how can we explore this now? Not on our deathbed, but now. So anyway, that's what I wanted to share. And uh, we could go into small groups and continue to explore this. Um, Joe. And uh, I guess for 25, 20 minutes. Yeah, that'd be good. Thank you. So, well, I'll just say that our group is so deep sharing. And uh, I think uh, looking at working through um, long held, you know, situations in our own lives uh, and, and how to, to resolve and, and soften and, and work with um, challenges to forgiving self and other. So it was just a continuation, a beautiful continuation of our conversation. But um, I want to thank Trish and Christine for that. And anyway, thank you. Is there anyone that else would like to share from their group be greatly appreciated to hear other voices. I'll join in and just say that uh, Michael and I had a dyad of wonderful exploration mm -hmm. of starting with our parents and the <laughs> process of forgiveness. And also just um, Michael had a great example. I'm going to not try to summarize it, but a, a more recent example of how he, brought himself to reconcile with a friend. And uh, I love hearing the process of just how we can reach out when there's a need for that kind of uh, healing. And so uh, very rich topic and uh, appreciate your sharing, Michael, and listening to everyone. Well, we had a Great conversation, and I want to thank uh, Linda and Gabriella and Deborah, uh, all of who I have never met before. But uh, it was great and really interesting. And we also talked a, a fair amount about fathers because um, that's Fiona sort of got us on that. Um, and a little bit about how time does change and and maybe being parents ourselves does change the way we view our parents um but um then we talked about about the idea of faith and i really liked david what you, your group said about having faith in awareness and in uh practice and we all agreed that we did too in a incredibly 
positive way. Um, and then someone brought up uh, bringing practice into their daily life. Um, and in, in a term called the embodied compassion, embodied compassion, uh, which I thought was a lovely term. But I think, um, and we, we went, we talked about all different kinds of things. It's just a, such a rich chapter and um, was great. And so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Well, we talked, uh, let's see, Miami, yeah. We talked about uh, how, how does it change your view if you forgive someone? And, uh, and then we talked about circumstances. Um, and gosh, I, I, the, I'll say my, my own sense about it <clears throat> changes my view. Uh, it, when I forgive someone, just see them as, as you know, they do the best they can, they can with the causes and conditions that they've inherited. And, uh, you know, they're just vulnerable, ignorant, confused uh, human beings and that are, that are trying to do the best they can with their lives. And, um, in terms of like fathers, like, you know, my father was treated a certain way by his father, who was treated in a certain way by his father and so forth and so on. And he just, he just had his own conditions and did the best he could with them. I'm not sure I'm speaking for everybody in our group. Um, one of them was, uh, well, one person was saying, well, they have free will, you know, they can, they're responsible for their, you know, for their decisions. So, I don't know what that means. If he's, maybe he's not so forgiving of that. I'm not sure. <laughs> and then about circumstances, um, <clears throat> yeah, easier to forgive circumstances. Um, but we do get irritated at circumstances, no, no doubt about it. Flat tire, stock market. <clears throat> um, somebody had a bunch of irritating circumstances that morning already. But <clears throat> not to deny the irritation, but uh, but it's it's okay. There's a certain sense of well-being, certain sense of okayness that that we share. That it's, it's just everything's you know just it's okay. There's this. You know, this just things happen, come and go, and it's not that big. Circumstances seem easier for people than uh, than ourselves or other people in terms of forgiveness. <clears throat> Thank you, David. Does anyone else want to share or sort of? I don't know how many groups we had. One of the points that uh, came up in our group, um, just to add 
one that <clears throat> hasn't been mentioned was about forgiveness, but um, uh, reminding us that um, is that it is um, still makes sense to be remain aware that um, doesn't mean that the you know that the person is going to need to be re-forgiven <laughs> in the future. <laughs> that there there might be something else that comes up that with the individual, you know, that is, you know, that is a, um, like a, um, another incident or set of circumstances for which is going to be hurtful to you or to people that you love or, um, and that, um, you know, it's going to be very difficult to, to, um, um, deal with that you you know you 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 may have to struggle to forgive again that so it just is a point that you know that it's not just something that you that you forgive that you forgive one time and then you go on and everything is you know is taken care of yeah uh, this actually was expressed in our group is over wanting to fix to forgive and fix and and it may not that may not be possible to forgive mm-hmm. but maybe not fix and uh yeah well thank you i don't know if we're just my glasses i i guess we're at one i Maybe I'll just send it out since we've come to the end. I, there was one section on page 157 that I thought, you know, was really stood out to me. But it's, if people need to leave, maybe I'll just read it. And if you need to leave. Um, but I think it just felt it fits with the whole senior sangha and our Dharma practice. Um, it's on 157. We know as we get older each day that we will be confronted almost inevitably with situations that we do not want. We will face debilitation and loss of strength and reflex and diminution of many of the capacities that we have so taken for granted. We may face growing dependence on others who may or may not wish to have that task. If the litany of losses has not already begun for us, we know that we will begin to lose that which we want, that to which we are attached, that which has become entangled in our very identity. We will, in one way or another, have to part from every single last one of our loved ones. We will part from every possession, every tribute, every memory. We will have to part even from the old faithful friend, the body. It is a kind and wise thing to free our mind from aversion in all of its forms while we have the time to practice and cultivate equanimity. It is a kind and wise thing to practice forgiveness far before our time of dying demands that we forgive. We can practice forgiveness for all those we hold responsible for our past grievances 
so tended and remembered. We can ask at least in the quiet of our own minds and the depth of our own hearts for forgiveness from all those whom we have harmed. And we can practice forgiveness for all the ways we've harmed ourselves with judgment and non-acceptance. I think we were talking a lot about forgiving situations and forgiving people. And the author reminds us, you know, at this point in our lives, this is this big gift that we can give ourselves right now is to practice and cultivate and find ways to um, enter this place in our hearts and minds that is released from our grievances from the past. So anyway, thank you all. Thank you, David. And thank you all for being here and for giving time to the author. David, if you have anything to add. Thank you. Yeah, just that um, how nice, how useful it is for us. Say, take a materialistic approach to be compassionate. You know, that, that uh, um, compassion um, loosens if, we, if we're thinking about others. You know, well-being, wanting others to be free of suffering, wanting others to be happy, um, it loosens our own attachment. You know, they're just like me to our own self, which is, is a really nice relief. So, so bodhicitta, you know, wishing <clears throat> that all <clears throat> that all beings, that all of you, all of you get released are released from your suffering, that all of you have a sense of well-being, wanting that for all of you. And then I get to benefit because I get to benefit from all of your freedom, all of your well-being. It makes me six, 16 times as happy. So <clears throat> i just say here to end uh, uh, this prayer, this closing dedication. By the power of this compassionate practice, may suffering be transformed into peace everywhere. May the hearts of all beings be open and their wisdom radiate from within. Thank you. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for sharing. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. You will. Take care. Bye. Bye.